the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7 is where we're at today. As our series, Arise, Move, and Go, will continue with today's Way of Grace and Pastor Jessica Stan. Again, welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Pastor Jessica Stan takes us back to Exodus chapter 17 today. We're looking at verses 1 through 7. It's a continuation of our series, Arise, Move, and Go. And we're taking a look at lessons for leadership, all found in these encampments that are recorded for us in Exodus. How the Israelites get up and move and camp, get up and move and camp. And there's something to be learned each and every time. We invite you to spend time with us today. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's Way of Grace. We are at a junction in our study of the Exodus account, whereby God is taking his people from one place to another. And we are occupying a theme that we have been contemplating for the whole year, arise, move, and go. And for, for those of you who don't quite understand what that means is, it's the idea of being alert, understanding your environment, understanding your surroundings, understanding your situation, and having the flexibility to move as God calls you from one situation to another in order that you are not trapped right where you are. The people of God are called to a journey. And sometimes we get stuck in situations. And when God says it's time to arise, move and go, he does not mean for you to be exercising a kind of frantic, hysterical, just running about ignorantly and aimlessly. He does mean for you to very much consider what you where you are and what you're going through and seek his guidance. Uh, Let me assert as we get ready to work through this exodus 17th chapter, the end game for the people of God is not freedom. That's not the end game. Often we laud being free. The end game is not freedom. No creature made by God really truly is free. There's a delusion that we're free, but it's not so. There are all kinds of constraints on our life. Some that are imposed upon us by conditions surrounding us. Some that are intrinsic to our nature. You know this is true. You know that there are ways that you should not be acting, but you can't help yourself. That's because you're trapped by a set of genetic predispositional characteristics that won't let you act any otherwise. And it's the grounds upon which we can call upon God to help us overcome our nature supernaturally. But you got to admit 
that you're not free to do whatever you want to do. And God didn't make any of his creatures to be free to do whatever they want to do, notwithstanding this crazy world that you live in where everybody's trying to do whatever they want to do. He didn't. The end game is not freedom. The end game is God's purpose in your life. That's the end game. I think we don't quite quite grasp that in the 21st century. We won't have a long thesis on that here. There are some very tight and terse lessons that this small group of verses will teach us. But God made you for his purpose. Freedom is what had to be done redemptively to move you towards that purpose. In our freedom, we have another master, a new master who is developing us for our purpose in him. And as he trains us to need him, because that's what's going on. As he trains us to need him, he is revealing himself to us as the faithful source from which all blessings flow. That will help you understand why God is routing the children of Israel the way that he is. I, I do want you to put your hands viscerally and, and, and actually upon the reality that they are walking to their destiny. They are not catching a train or a plane or a boat. Now, they could have caught a boat, but God wanted them to walk. Because walking is the metaphor of fellowshipping with God from one place to another. And so our master walked everywhere he went, even to the cross. Walking is a metaphor of union and collaboration and, and reciprocation and getting to know each other. How can two walk together except they be agreed? This is why the grand metaphor of marriage is so constantly evoked in the area of our walk with God. Is that not true? And so you and I are walking somewhere, I guarantee you that. And the children of Israel are walking as well. They walked out of Egypt. They are now walking through the desert and they're going to walk into their promise, although it's going to be some 40 years from now. In our outline, you should have seen Arise, Move, and Go, Lessons for Leadership. That's what we're going to be dealing with a bit today. And it's going to be circumscribed around the 10th encampment. So we already dealt with four encampments, have we not? I told you the first three were on the inside of Egypt. The fourth one was when they came out of the Red Sea. Then we dealt with the fifth one last week as they were dealing, the sixth one, rather, last week, uh, no, the fifth one, as we were dealing with them hungering for bread. And what I shared with you last week was, and this is where God is through the whole journey for Israel, he's teaching them to need him. He's not teaching them to want him, he's teaching them to need him because God is needed. God is needed. Like water is needed. Water is not a negotiable commodity that you can go without. It is so fundamentally essential to the physical well-being of your, of your life that if you don't ha have it, you will become unhealthy and you will die. The same with food. Food is needed, is it not? 
And so what Jesus made very plain was that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And therefore, what Jesus was teaching over against the instigation of the devil was, I might be hungry, but I'm not hungry enough to sell my God out. Now, the very same God that has driven me, Jesus, into the wilderness because it was the Holy Ghost that took him there is able to provide for Jesus a table in the wilderness. And what the children of Israel are doing here, as you saw in the seventh verse, was saying, is God among us or not? There you go. But don't jump on them too quick because you and I under our breath will do the same thing. I can tell you that now. Then one of the things the Bible is, is for us is a mirror. And the sooner you admit that the face that's in that mirror is yours, the better off you will be. Because we'll love to say, I see somebody else's face in that mirror. No, that's your face. If you see another face there, it's Jesus. And the two faces are to collaborate until you become like him. Well, otherwise, the word of God is a, a looking glass that shows you all of your warts and weaknesses and minds and ours as well. And the question will always be, Lord, what are you wanting to teach me when I read your word? Well, today the lessons are going to be all, for all of us. I really do uh, believe that. But I, I, I want to kind of tag this as we work through it. When we use the term leadership, don't look at that as some very objective sort of uh, remote and uh, non-personal category as if you have never been in a leadership position. So most people will frame leadership as something that is civil, governmental, or religious, right? You will immediately assume that when we're talking about leadership, we're talking about Pastor Jesse, the elders and deacons of the church. No, I'm using the hood version there. No, no. We're talking about everyone that is called to a position of leadership at any time in their life where they have to represent God right for that small or lengthy assignment of leadership. We're talking about leadership across the total spectrum of every discipline, every assignment, every category of life. Am I making some sense? So for some of you, you are about to move into a very very important institutional paradigm, as you know, as we'll be gathering on the 6th. And you really want to know about that, because when you talk about saying I do, y'all talking about being in a leadership position. Whether it's the male or the female, you are talking about a leadership position. If you're already in, well, you need leadership skills. If you've been in it a long time, you know that. If you have exited that particular Beautiful institution, you also know that you can't do that institution without learning some things from God about what it means to be a leader. Am I making some sense? So that's what our text is going to unpack for us as we deal with lessons for all leadership. Chapter 17, verse 5, 6, and 7 are really actually 5 and 6 is what we're going to be dealing with. I'll start at verse 4 and then we'll begin to unpack our verses and I hope this begins to come home to you. Verse five and the Lord, I'm sorry, verse four. And Moses cried unto the Lord. I'm going to come back here at the end saying, what shall I do unto this people? Now, again, I'm not real comfortable with the construction in the Hebrew. Really what he means is what shall I do for or with this people? Versus as if he has some kind of abilities to handle what's going on. He's appealing to the Lord 
asking the Lord, what should he do? And of course, he's, uh, he's imperiled because they are very angry with him. Notice the last line. They're just about ready to stone me. Right. We'll come back here a little bit later because, again, the point that we are beginning to develop with the trend of Moses and the children of Israel is that Moses has been called to leadership. He didn't seek leadership. And that's the other thing we teach. You don't seek it. You got to be called to it. Uh, And as he was compelled into leadership, God had been training him for it ever since he sent Moses into Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. Moses is at another level of leadership instruction here because as God used Moses to bring Israel out of Egypt, Moses is really the only person that the whole nation is looking to. Moses is the only individual uh, persona that they are considering. You've noticed that, right? You've noticed that they have not called on God. Now, I want you to grasp that if you don't get it. Human nature is such that when they are put in a situation where leadership is over them, they yield to that leadership to do for them what that leadership ostensibly is called to do. It is a natural condition of most human beings who recognize the the economy of leadership and authority and hierarchy that we are to obey our leaders. But they also know this, that leadership must be qualified. They must be capable of taking into their sphere of influence the vulnerabilities, the weakness, the cooperation, the submission of a people group. No human being gets to be demanded to come under compliance of someone that is going to say, I'm going to lead you without you being qualified to lead them. This would be true in a marriage, too. Are you hearing me? No one, even with parents over children, you don't get to pull rank because they're your flesh and blood. You must prove that you have the capacity to negotiate and navigate those children from the womb until adulthood. They have every right to challenge you on those levels. See what I'm getting at? So right here, what I'm doing is striking a balance between the 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 frenzy tension of the Hebrew people and the leadership of Moses. And I'm doing that because God is doing that. What God is doing is trying his servant. What God is doing is testing his servant. What God is doing is moving his servant into a position where his servant now is bearing more weight of what he has been called to do than he ever has And it's now raising his consciousness to something that he needs. See, not only do the people need God, but the leadership needs God. Are you keeping up with me? The leadership needs God. Point number one in our outline. Let's begin to work this through. This is God talking to Moses. He says, proceed forward to lead the people. Look at verse five, part A. And the Lord said unto Moses, go. Do you guys see that? For Moses, all God says here in verse 5a is go. Do you guys see that? Go on before the people. So that's the first set of instructions given to Moses. Because Moses now has taken a kind of middle ground between the people and God. Moses Moses is in a kind of panic. 
He don't know what to do. These people are saying, we want water. Moses don't have no water. Okay. God put him here. Like he'll put you in a situation where you've got to actually know God in order for you to get the directions needed to do for God what that situation calls for. So like what's going to happen with Moses is Moses is going to be proven that he's not a fraud. He's going to be proven that he's not some kind of sociopathic megalomaniac that has led these people out for his own aggrandizement. Because we got a lot of those clowns in the world. We've got them in our government. We've got them in our society. Absolute fools that have taken positions that they are not really qualified for. I must assert that. And what happens when we are put in predicaments because of them and their policies? We expect them to work it out. But from year to year, it gets worse and worse because they don't know who to go to to solve the people's problems. Right now in a country like ours, I'm so very glad we have a voting system. Because we're supposed to do the civil thing when their term is up, and that is remove them from the planet (laughs) and find other competent, capable leadership that can actually resolve the problems that largely were foisted on them, on us by bad policy. Are you listening to me? This is what I love about America because we have the infrastructure. We have the governance mechanism for it. We often have to endure incompetency for four years or eight years, but we've done this for hundreds of years and we have survived because God will test us with the incompetency of the leadership because God will always say when you go to bed at night, Lord, Lord, uh, what's going on? He will say you voted for them. That's right. And because of the way our governmental system is set up, it only requires a 51% vote for the other side to be able to occupy the levers of authority and power. Am I making some sense? And so we have to endure that for many years. What we should be doing is learning and looking and praying for competent leadership to enter in the next time round. On this occasion, because God chose Moses... Uh, The children of Israel can complain all they want. Moses is God's man. But Moses got some things to learn and I want us to walk through them. You're going to learn some things that you didn't already know, which is what you're supposed to do when you come to church. So you can give God glory for revealing his glory to us. What we are going to discover is that God is going to teach Moses and the people that God is calling Moses with several things. So point A, how to practice submission and trust as a model. How to practice submission and trust as a model. Boy, we could sit here for a lengthy period of time because this is about character. This is about character. This is also about a sense of really understanding your own limitations. So mark this, how much hubris there is when men and women assert that they have a certain power and authority and competency. And when they really don't, they won't even back up and admit they don't know what they're doing. See, we're dealing with a government today, a society today that occupy positions of authority. And when they make mistakes, they're not honest enough to say we were wrong. And this stuff trickles all the way down. And it impacts the home. And then we make a generation of kids that know they can get away with incompetency and not even have to own up for it. 
Here in this situation, again, what Moses is being called to do, as all leaders are being called to do, when you're in a position of occupancy as leadership, you become a witness for the person you are working for. Moses has to do more than just provide answers for these people. He has to model submission and trust to the God he says he represents. That means sometimes we're going to get in situations where we're stuck without an answer as a society collectively. Agreed? Right. So we're never going to ask our leaders and rulers if we are wise and prudent to do something that God is not going to endorse. You're stupid if you do. We're going to ask our leaders to seek an answer. We're going to ask them to gather together and derive enough data from real sources. We're going to ask them to pray about it. And we're going to pray for them as they deliberate how to resolve the conflict at hand. That's going to take some time. And at that point, you and I and the government have to wait on God to give us an answer. So now everybody's going to be tried. That means everybody may have to engage in a measure of rationing and cutting back and collaborating around not being able to have all of our needs met right now. That means we are working with leadership, collaborating for a outcome that at some point will release us from the present crisis and duress. Does that make sense? Now, everybody's put on notice to wait on God. What a nation we would have if our leaders were to come to us and say, look, you guys, we have come up against a major conundrum here. We don't quite know how to solve it. We need the nation to pray. We need the churches to pray. We need the leaders to pray. And we don't even need all of this old, what I consider just um, look at me clamor. Forget a day of prayer where we all get together on the big screen and pray. All of that is so phony in my eyes. It's contrary to the gospel in the first place. We're going to have a day of prayer. We're getting ready to meet down at the Hayward Place and the TV crews go all be there. And we go all bow the knee and pray. That's nothing but a form of godliness. It has no power behind it. It becomes a method of manipulating people to get involved in politics in the pretense of seeking God. I'm sorry, I have to tell you the truth. God's ways are not man's ways and man's ways are not God's ways. And when God does a thing, he tells you to not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Go into your closet. Go into your closet and call on God who will hear you in secret and make it manifest in public. See, you really are serious about God when you go to your closet. You really see what God is about to do is call leadership to the closet. And I want you to see it. This is where you got to read the text carefully. In our hermeneutics, the first thing I teach you is observe the text. Don't read into the text. You stop talking and let God talk. Now, there's a time for y'all to have a conversation because y'all got to get to know each other because he's the husband, you the wife. Y'all got to talk. But there's times when the head has to talk and the body has to listen. And this is what God is saying in the text. If you look at it, he says in verse five, part A and B, and the Lord said unto Moses, go on before the people. So Moses has to do what is called a sanctified separation. 
He's being separated from the people. He's being separated from the people. He's being separated unto God. Y'all got that? Remember, gave you guys some outlines a couple of weeks. I talk about in relationships, you got to know how to have pace and you got to know how to have what? Space. Y'all ain't reading it. I, I just knew that. Space is needed in all relationships. Like pace is needed in all relationships. Did y'all get that? Space is needed in all relationships. You got to know how to pace the relationship because that's what God is doing with Israel. God's pacing them. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.